Welcome to Saltivation. The Saltivation Show is a podcast series featuring the leading voices in salt, where we talk about the issues and strategies to help you make sense of state and local tax. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Saltivation Podcast. I know you all are used to hearing Meredith's voice do the intro, but today we conclude the series by featuring Meredith, and it just wouldn't be right to ask her to introduce herself. Not hey, that vain. <laughs> How you doing, Meredith? We'll see. I'm okay. I'm great. <laughs> so Meredith, let's uh, just launch into it. What's your career story? You're you're a Midwest girl from Illinois. How'd you end up in Colorado? I was born on a very snowy, blizzardy day in upstate New York. <laughs> I was too. Um, yeah. So I went to undergrad at Miami University in Southwest Ohio. I'm not quite sure how I got there like why I picked that school. I know like one of my really good friend's brother went there and we went to go visit him senior year of high school and had a lot of fun. I considered playing volleyball in college because contrary to my current level of physical activity that I do now as an adult, um, I was an athlete growing up. And so I considered playing volleyball um, in college. And that was one school that I had an interview with the coach. But, you know, I knew I wanted to go out of state and I knew... Just, I don't know, it was close enough. It was like a five-hour drive. It was actually kind of also close to like my grandparents that lived in Kentucky. So it was like a two-hour drive. But ended up going to Miami, Ohio. I immediately got in the business school. So I knew I kind of have like a very traditional like accountant's path. Like senior of high school, I knew I was going to major in accounting. So I put that on my college application. My grandfather was an accountant. My brother's an accountant. And like, that's just kind of how my brain works. an accountant. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's, we've got like a lot of like analytical stuff. Like there are lawyers and doctors, both my parents are scientists. So like kind of a, like a a right answer kind of like brain. Um, my other, like I said, like one of my brothers is an accountant. My other one's an architect. And so like, just kind of very like linear sort of in thought. So knew I wanted to major in business, didn't want to do marketing because I'm not that creative and accounting just kind of like made sense. So I majored in accounting. I went to undergrad, took my business classes, got an internship between my junior and senior year of college, which is low at like all good old traditional accountants wants. The difference being is I had a really hard time getting an internship because I knew immediately I was going to go get my master's. So I wasn't... And it back when I was interviewing... People wanted to provide internships for those people that were immediately ready to hire when you were done Mm -hmm. with school. But because I knew I wanted to get my fifth year, I knew I wanted to move back to Illinois. I was like, I'm going to live in the city. I'm going to do all of these things. And I didn't get an internship. And so I remember talking to my brother who is in tax at KPMG in Denver. And I was like, hey, you know, my interviews didn't go well. I didn't get a job, like an offer. He's like, you know... My salt partner was just saying that, you know, we were looking for an intern. And so, like, he gave him my resume. He called me. He's like, cool, you want to move out to Colorado for a summer? (laughs) Great, come on over. And so, you know, I moved out to Colorado, lived in my friend's basement with my brother between junior and senior year of college, worked for KPMG Salt. Like, one of the first things that I did over the summer, learned how to use RIA checkpoint, do tax research. One of the first things that I did was do a 50-state memo on the taxability of downloaded movies. Nice. Because it was 2005, 
Like it was new. It was like no one right? knew. You're like akinning it to like downloaded software and like right. So did that. There was no Netflix and chill then. There um, <laughs> just chill. No Netflix. Just, <laughs> just really liked the work, and I knew kind of at that point. You know, I. I like I learned a lot. I loved Denver. I did all of these like really cool things in Colorado. Like I did a 14er, went camping at the dunes. We like went out every night because this was the like like work hard, play hard before kind of like people tightened the purse strings. Right. So and like met like a really great group of people, got to like kind of almost even like take ownership of clients as an intern, like with not even knowing what I was doing. Decided that I was going to go to DU to get my master's of tax. So then um kind of before I left sat down with like my performance manager. I was like, hey, I'm going to do this. You need to give me a job so that I can come back and guarantee that. And so that's like the first time and probably like, because I'm a two, I want to be liked, right? On the Enneagram. So like actually walking in and Judy, you're probably like, oh crap. I don't believe that you walked into someone's <laughs> office and was like, you need to give me a job. Well, that's your eight side though. <laughs> um, that is my eight. That's true. And then, you know, went back, finished my undergrad, came out, worked that summer between you know, before I started grad school, worked all the way during grad school and just really like still in state and local tax. So I am like a blue blood state and local tax person. Yeah, you um, morphed it into out of the gate, mm-hmm. which is not always common. We had a hard time recruiting people. I remember being on the recruiting team to get people to even consider Salt out instead of federal or, you know, I mean, you'd be like, really, it's fun. You'll like it. No, I won't. <laughs> well, and I don't know too. And it's interesting because like, I still go back to like the meet the firm nights when I was an undergrad and everyone like at Miami was like, oh, I'm an audit. I'm an audit. So you would be in these like pods talking to people. Yes. And like 95% of the room was audit. Yes. And it was, you know, and there were like 15 pods. And then you had this tiny little like tax circle, right? Yes. Like, I want to do tax, you know, like it seems interesting. I can't remember if I had taken, I don't think I'd taken a class. Like I think the one tax class was like senior year, but like just for whatever reason. And I don't know if it was because like, my brother had kind of like talked to me about what they do and whatnot and like their group. And, you know, I think though, really, I ended up there because of my brother and taking advantage of an opportunity. Now, I don't want to say I got it because of like nepotism. Like I got there, like he opened the door, but I worked really damn hard and made the best damn copies that I could as an intern. Like I just, <laughs> I wanted to be there. I wanted to do the work and like I I've never it. collated so hard in my life. Right? Well, and this is the day, you know, this is still back where like you had a green work paper binder oh, and yeah. a blue was tax returns and red was perm files. Like... You know, I deliver bound studies. I mean, we weren't e-delivering. I remember building cool, cool copies because I'm like, this is a really expensive study. I need to put a cover on it that's pretty <laughs> because, oh, you know, well, they're paying a lot. It needs to look good, even though the right. substance is what took all the time it's and the money. It's the same thing with like the process returns, right? Like we had the nice like little square thing that said, yeah. client <laughs> name, 2017 tax returns, or I guess at this point, like 2006, <laughs> right? Uh, and like you would have your processing copy that had all the invisible blue tick marks. Yes. And like the label maker that you would like spend half your time doing arts and crafts, like label makering an X on there because you couldn't edit PDFs so much. Right. Or, yeah. yeah. So, well, I, I mean, I, it's, it's funny you say that. We, we had a client back earlier in my career, and I, I won't say who it was, but they insisted, you know, they were, they were doing a lot of returns. It was uh, a lot of, you know, tiered partnership returns. Which I sounds like we, your jam, Alex. No, totally my jam. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, it used to be my jam. It's uh, it's not now. It's more like a preserve. 
<laughs> anyway, so they were paying a lot of money for these thousands of returns that we were doing um, on behalf of all the entities. And I remember that they absolutely insisted that we would space over, you know, in the, in, on page one of the return where you, you had, you know, your address information, the header, that we would space over the city and the state and the zip to fall exactly underneath where it says city state zip. Shut up. So you, you couldn't just... You can't make that up. Can't make God. it up. So, um, and I remember a lot of, you know, I think I was a senior at this point. So half the time I'm reviewing my associates' work papers, I'm asking them to go back and re-space the header. Like that that right. was one of my consistent review comments. You know, all my personal opinions on, on all that aside, um, they were a huge client to the firm and it was just that that presentation mattered. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't think the state cared. No. Well, no, because when you e-file that thing, because you were you were e-filing at that point, like it, you know, it all gets like jumbled into this like giant kind of conglomeration of yeah. things Data. that doesn't look like a pretty page one. It's not like it goes to the IRS in like PDF format and they see how no. pretty it is. No. We had a client here that was similar where they were like they wanted incorporated. Instead of ink, they wanted incorporated, spelled out, mm-hmm. and like there are system limitations on some of the returns. Character delineation, yeah. Where we would yeah. have to like in their client delivery copy, like type in PDF, like incorporated. Yeah, and we that's filed. That like, used to drive me crazy, though. Oh, like yeah. all those little idiosyncrasies that you had to get right. Yeah. I mean, that is a certain level of expectation you have working at the big A, yeah. big four, or whatever. Like really high level of integrity in the deliverable and high review points. I mean, yeah. really good accuracy and. I really enjoyed that part of working in those environments because there was this level of excellence in terms of the people, the the expectations, the deliverable, you know, so it was, but it's also annoying, right? Yeah. Well, (laughs) it it, it depends, right? I mean, if if it's it's, it's something value added, then yeah, by all means. Uh, But if we're, you know, just spacing characters over, okay. (laughs) It's your dime. (laughs) But... Anyway, so it kind of sounds like Meredith that salt just happens happened to you. I was going to ask you, you know, how'd you stumble upon salt, but it just happened. It did. Well, and and kind of something that was really interesting too is I had a resource at my disposal, right? You know, because like when you're a new staff, or even like you know now as you transition to a job, like you're you kind of depending on your personality, is you place these like expectations on yourself, and you you know. When I came to tax ops, I was the first salt person. So I was like, there's these expectations of like, I am an expert. I know it all. Like, and you don't, you know, I've since gotten over this, right? But like, you want to make sure that people hire the right person and that you're smart and you know what you're doing. And so you can be afraid to ask those dumb questions. Aaron, what your mind you think is a dumb question. I had you know, the ability to ask kind of the dumb questions and be vulnerable. Because like I lived with essentially like a senior in our group because it was my brother. And so I'd be like, you know, we would come home from work and this is how nerdy we are, right? Like we'd be sitting outside having a glass of wine and be like, you know, I really don't understand the difference between combined and consolidated. And he'd be like, well, here's what it means. (laughs) And so I had kind of that like, that introspective of like, you know, being able to be vulnerable and learn and ask questions and not be afraid of the answer. Safe right. space. Yeah. And I and I feel like that's something that I still like carry with me of like, there are no dumb questions. Like, and the same thing with our clients, right? Because our clients come to us in trouble. 
right? Like you don't hire people for tax services in what we do in a consultancy perspective when you know exactly what you're doing and you're doing it right. right. So, you know, kind of viewing that as, hey, you don't understand you feel as if you have a problem and it's okay to be vulnerable and it's okay to not be right. We have enough experience to kind of talk you through and tell you it's okay and we can fix it, you know? And so that's just something that like from the very beginning is being able to kind of create that like space to be vulnerable. And I kind of believe that in like all aspects of life, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're humans. We, you know, have ebbs and flows in life and careers and, you know, just things. And so just creating that safe space and just wanting to help people because that's what someone in the very beginning took to do with me. And that's what really kind of like established how I view what I do and like being like a senior or, you know, like a teacher in that capacity. Right. And our clients really don't understand it because it's all very complicated and business owners are working really hard to make a business work, but they're dealing with all these other things and tax. That's the least of their concerns, but it can be a pretty big concern. So we can help like ameliorate that by being a part of it. Right. And it's good to have that attitude. I think you have to have a spirit of service to really want to help people. Absolutely. So that's probably a good Pivot point to to the next question, um, Meredith. What uh, what does success mean to you? Do you think it's do you think you've achieved it? Do you think it's even achievable, or is it just this you know idealistic reach that you just strive towards and never really get to? I think success is seasonal, and it means different things to where you are in your life. So. For us, there's kind of that like tangible thing where like, hey, we've worked really hard on this project. Here's the project our client's really happy. But then there's also that idea of personal level of success and being happy in your career. And it's, you know, and the evolution of your career changes. So, you know, I worked in big four when I was young and I was in my early 20s and I was like, all right, I am here. I'm going to work 18 hours a day. I got nothing else going on. Like, I am here to earn my battle scars and to just take it all in and to do what it is. And like being promoted and being like a resource and doing all of these things like, you know, in big four, that was success at that stage in my life. Now, as like, I've gotten older and like my life circumstance change, right? Like I've got a husband and a kid and like my garbage disposal is drained. Two kids. Like I've got two kids. Um, <laughs> I don't sleep. I got littles. I don't sleep. Um, I got a clogged garbage disposal. Like, so success now is more not so much of like that badge of honor that I'm a partner at Big Four or I'm this. It is, I can create value for my clients and I can create relationships with the people that matter to me, which are, you know, the relationships with my clients, the relationships with the people that I work with, and, you know, still grow my skill set and being able to provide value. So it's less now where I have to have this kind of false sense of not superiority, but like, you know, there's a title that comes with being like, oh yeah, I'm a partner at KPMG, right? I'm a partner at Deloitte. I'm a big four partner at a law firm or or wherever. That doesn't mean as much to me now because I know, and I know we know that we do good work. And at the end of the day, it's about, you know, 
the success of being able to create those relationships and have that connection with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to provide something that you know is technically com- complicated, and you can make sense of it for others, and to have that expertise and to be able to roll that out to people. I mean, we just never go obsolete, which is also very interesting to me. Um, well, over my career, you know, just to say, wow, just oh, something happening every single day, some new law change that we got to kind of pay attention to because it might yeah. affect one of our clients. Well, yeah. and, some, and something too, like I remember, you know, again, like early on, like big four. We were the best, right? And I won't, I wouldn't change. I, like, I'm not talking, I'm not talking crap about like the big four. Like, I learned so much and I like am the professional that I am today because of that experience. And big four is great. And we still do webinars and have relationships with them. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, talking yeah. smack about the big four. So I remember like when I was a staff and I would review like a provision or something from coming in. It's like, I wanted to make sure that I found holes in what someone provided or like, I want this to be right or you don't know what you're doing. And like kind of the mentality of like, we're better than you. Adversarial almost. Yeah, we can find the things that you've done wrong. And so when I left that environment and I came to like a smaller firm, my goal was to say... I know I work for a small firm, but you're going to get something that you can't find holes in. You can't pick up a pe- like a work paper that I've prepared and just say, oh, because this came from someone who works at a small firm, it's going to be wrong. And so that was my goal. And I think that's something that we deliver that you can't say, yes, we're, you know, we're an independent tax firm, but like this shit's really good. Like <laughs> you're not gonna find holes in it or if there's some things that not could be wrong but might not be to a certain level or follow the law we're going to caveat that and say hey this is you know this hasn't been evaluated we know what it is but here's the information that you know we couldn't get there because of like bad data right so like creating the assumptions and like putting out there that like hey we know what we're doing this study doesn't reflect that because the information wouldn't allow it to reflect that Right. But we can give a good enough so that right. you can have a really good framework. And then also we don't have the same leverage model of the big four plus 30% attrition. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty high model. I didn't realize after 14 years that there was so much attrition. You know, I hardly knew anybody I started with. Like, that's just not how it worked. Everybody who was something morphed into industry or at somewhere else. So it was really a sad, kind of sad to be there for a lengthy period of time and feel like you don't have any community anymore. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's 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 a really good observation because I, you know, I I I kind of follow some of the some of the people that I used to know back back in in my early days too, just professionally, and and they're they're all scattered. I think it's yeah. just it's just a couple left. Yeah, yeah, it's a play, it's a starting ground, and but yeah. it, it, it the, the way it's set up, it's not really as content driven, and we're allowed at our firm to be more. I consider us more not that we are a law firm, but like the law firm mentality of high technical resource, high competency, you know, do it once, you know, with light review. We don't need to do things over and over and over again with multi-layers where someone's learning at the first level and then someone's reviewing at the second level and then someone's taking a pass. Like, it's just good out, out of the gate because high technical competence in our group. So, so Meredith, you uh, you're the most veteran person we have here at Tax Ops in Salt. you you just celebrated your ten year anniversary. Congra- congratulations! Thank um, you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> How have you seen the you know medium, uh, small medium, 
size market change over the years? How have you seen tax ops change over the years? You know, outside of just some of the, like the, you know, we've had some like partners come and go and whatnot, but I think, you know, fundamentally tax ops has stayed the same in that central belief of providing service to our clients at a really high level, you know, that fixed fee model. We want to be your advocate. We want to be your partner in all of this. So that's kind of over the 10 years, no matter kind of like the whatever partner there is, that's that's the, the core of it. And then kind of, you know, going back to that, like we might be a small firm, but you're not going to find stuff that's blatantly, that's that's wrong that you would find, you know, that you would expect at, from coming like the services that we provide from coming out of a small firm. Yeah. So I think that's been that's been modeled and that's been maintained and just I think that like sense of care and again connection with our clients and our people that's been central to kind of how we operate. But then really kind of from like an industry perspective, I'd say you know kind of going back I was our first kind of again internal state and local tax resource. So obviously that need was there, but I've seen it shifted more where we've got existing clients and we need to convince them that they're not doing things correctly. And then we've got to convince them that you need to do like some sales tax integrations or you need to file more income tax returns. You're not just in Colorado. Like that's not how that works to, you know, people are calling us and they know now that like, and I think, you know, we've had multiple conversations kind of regarding this, that Wayfair was a big trigger for that of public, you know, public decree of like, State yeah. tax is an issue. You're now what on it notice. Means. Right. Where people are now aware that like, oh, I know I have now like a state tax duty versus like, I have to tell you. So, right. Mm-hmm. It's more, you know, we have to convince people versus people are calling us to be like, okay, now I get it. Now I have, now I have an issue and I need you to fix it. Right. So right. I think those are kind of like the biggest. There's a heightened awareness. And there the, is and a the... heightened awareness for sure. And yeah. the economy's changed a lot over my career. You know, obviously Amazon, had, it you know came about in our careers. So it wasn't. It was who thought a bookseller would be selling anything you need, like dog food. You know, which is meaning I need to order some dog food and some dog bones uh, <laughs> and get the giant fifty pound bag delivered to my door for free. Well, <laughs> and that's and that's the hard. That's the other thing too. Is like, is it just a matter? Is it just a reflection of how like I've just been at the same place for ten years? But like the shift in digital everything has just you know just changed the way that we do business altogether, right? Like, yeah, you know, Alex. At some point, teaser, we'll be talking about kind of the Maryland digital advertising tax. That's just you know another thing that you're just like, what the hell? Like, yeah. no, how are we going to figure out how to source that one? I know. Yeah. Well, how, I don't how, know. Are, how are they going to figure out how to tell us to source that one? Yep. Yep. It's going to be a, that's going to anyway, be an interesting one. That'll be a separate yep. conversation. And there's that a lot one. of money made in advertising actually. So yes. uh, click through, click through all that good stuff, make a purchase. You get a little something for it on the side. There's, there's a lot of money in SEO. So, well, based on how much money I spend on the internet, I mean, obviously, <laughs> and I'm just one Consumer, <laughs> right? Uh, <laughs> Meredith, another interesting little factoid about you is that you're actually splitting your time between salt and federal. You, you're, you're kind of a, a floater between those two groups. How is it practicing in, in both areas and, and, and kind of keeping, keeping up with it all? I, I mean, I, I'll confess, I, you know, as active as the states have been recently, I think it's hard to keep up just with salt. Yeah. 
and and the federal, you know, and the, the, it's not like there hasn't been any activity on the federal side, right? Either. Which makes it, the salt piece really fun. Yeah. Again, spoiler alert: you can listen to me and Stacy talk about that too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've had a lot of conversations about what the hell is happening because we like there's just a bunch of change. But I think it's a lot. It's a lot, and I think what's really helpful is that I can be that go between between the income tax piece because I review most of the state ret- like all of the state returns that are going out but then speak the language and see from this like income tax side how that carries over into the consulting side or needing to do services so there is I, I can act as that go between because we do have you know a lot of clients that like you know we do the income tax for and we have separate like consulting arrangements. With and that I can be the go between and make sure, you know, just from a quality control, like a baseline quality control that like conversations that we've had over here, you know, are applicable over here and are being integrated over here. And I'm not putting it out there that like the two groups don't talk to each other, right? Because there are, you know, some audit and tax at large firms, they don't talk to each other. Like I remember one of my one of my senior managers was like, audit is actually our worst client. Because they're like, <laughs> oh, hey, I need you to review this provision yesterday, yeah. but you can't charge my code and we need to issue financial statements tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And hey, so it's thanks, like, guy. Cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember yeah, him thanks saying, for like, planning ahead. I, I know I can do it in an hour. So like... Not... We're not that like audience. We're not, you know, we do talk to each other, but just because I am so ingrained on one side and I am so ingrained on the other, I can be that float. And like, I, you know, I like income tax, although with TCJA and CARES Act and all of that stuff, it's getting a little bit harder to like income tax because there's just <laughs> like, they're just do like all of these things are happening so fast and like retroactively at the same time tax returns yeah. are due. So it's kind of like, well, you clarified something when my return's already done. So like the letter of the law says this, but I just filed a partnership return with 50 partners. I'm not going to amend that return. You know, it's a waterfall effect. Like things don't happen in a vacuum. But I do really like that aspect. And, you know, as a two on the Enneagram, I want to be needed. And so the more feet and the more people I can like help is kind of like it, it, it drives me and it gets me, you know, and it gets me going. So I can be a teacher on one and like with, you know, kind of the Colorado side and be more of like a learner and collaborator on the other side. Yeah. But it's not, yep. it's not only that about you though. You, you, you know, your personality also kind of allows you to thrive in the details of it, of it all. Yeah. Well, I, what is it uh, you think about your personality that, that kind of gets, gets you there and, you know, and, and kind of second part to that question. Boss lady is insisting that I ask you about the dishwasher. Yes. <laughs> we want to know about the dishwasher. Yes. <laughs> well, I think at the end of the day, like I'm an accountant by nature. And so I like the spreadsheets and the numbers. And my husband and I have disagreements about our family schedule. And it's in a Google sheet, but I don't like Google sheet because it doesn't have the full functionality <laughs> of an Excel spreadsheet. And he thinks he's great at Excel and I laugh at his face. And I think his formatting is awful. <laughs> but... <laughs> And I also kind of have some like type A tendencies where like I like things to be kind of structured and and whatnot. And and that's part of probably like my dad, because I remember we had these block these wooden blocks as kids, and he would be like, kids, come here and put these away. And you're like, what? 
they're they're in the box. He's like, no, they're not organized. And so you had to kind of like stack them appropriately. And and so I've kind of just had this like kind of organizational like mindset and like things in order. I've had to loosen my, sh- you know, loosen that as I had kids. And I was just like, mm, whatever. Like today I just need to get through the day. But the dishwasher piece <laughs> came from utilizing as much kind of like, I have a finite space and I have a lot of dishes that I don't want to like hand wash or like I'll spend 15 minutes reloading the dishwasher because my husband will put like a giant bowl in the middle of the top rack. You can't get anything else in the dishwasher. So it's just kind of like I can conceptualize and visualize how I want things to be, which has kind of transferred into kind of like our clients where, you know, we'll be in a meeting and I can hear them say, okay, here's what I think I need. And I'm already visualizing how I'm going to set up the spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I've already laid it out. And I think a lot of the, sometimes a lot of the challenges, I don't know where to start. And so because I think I know what it's going to look like in the end, I can just start like playing with data and like visualizing and manipulating data to get me to where I want to, to what I, where I want to be. And if you look at, you can, almost all of my deliverables look the same for the most part, like in terms of like font and like just like center justified and all of Mm -hmm. that stuff. Um, They all look generally really similar. Yeah. Yeah, You also view our engagement letters because you're, and you always find something wrong with that. And like, like spacing just like <laughs> spacing just like drives me nuts. And like, and at the end of the day, too, I thought I think it, it's also a representation of like we're so digital, but it's like this is kind of one thing that we can give you tangibly that like, you know, looks like we took the time and consideration to like yeah. even something that might not mean something to someone, it matters to me. Yeah. It's either like a type A thing that like or a control thing, or I go that's to an good. Eight, your quality control. Like, oh, that's uh, great. Well, you're the one who reviewed our website, right? I mean, like ask Meredith; she'll see that <laughs> she'll see the things that are missing. Like she's the one who gets it. Like just let her do it. She it's perfect for her. Listen, <laughs> I ask my husband too. Like thanks for picking out all of the things that I have done wrong. <laughs> Listen, I totally get it. Nobody else is allowed to load the dishwasher in this household except me. I, I'm I, I'm the only one that maximizes the. You know, no one else can do it. That's ironclad. Although the kids will put everything away, but so. Yeah. You said something about, <laughs> it made me think of the Lego movie, you know, a couple of years ago when the Lego movie came out, mm-hmm. the first one. Everything like, is awesome. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> like what kind of monster would super glue Legos together? And now, you know, a couple of years down the road, my kids are playing with Legos. I'm like, I'm like, that's it. We're super gluing the Legos. <laughs> I, so like, right? it, there's no creative stuff here. <laughs> I hate missing toys. So yeah. like, my my kids have a kitchen. And so like, I hate when like, I know there should be six, like two spoons, two forks, two knives, four of these things. And like, there's little play Keurigs and the phone. And like, my when my car was stolen, there were like some of, there was like the fake mustard and like the colander in the car because the baby was into those at those moments. Those are no longer with us. They got thrown <laughs> out with everything else that got, you know, yeah dismantled in my stolen car but it drives me like a little piece of me just like every time I have to, like I clean up that kitchen just like gets at me because I don't <laughs> have the mustard and the colander. <laughs> so. All right. So before it's, we, uh, before we start rapid fire, um, I got just one more question. After all these years, is there anything that 
professionally still surprises you? I don't think so. Because I guess, I guess to be surprised would mean that like you expect perfection and like, you know, we're all doing the best we can with the resources available at any given time. And so, you know, we've seen a lot, we've talked a lot. So I'm not really like surprised by anything more so than like, I do kind of get frustrated and I'm not, and I'm not surprised with this mentality, but I get, I still get frustrated with the mentality of it's like, Oh, we'll come and find me. Like, Mm -hmm. And that's that's still something that just like I can appreciate if you're making a business decision to not do something, but that overarching like I don't care like kind of you know that privileged perspective of just like it's fine, it doesn't matter without right. even really making like a an educated decision based on information, right? Or thinking that not getting caught is a good strategy, yeah, and. It- it's like you obviously have never been caught, so you really don't know how painful that can be. But there is a minimization because the complexity feels difficult. And we try to make it simpler, I think, by looking at it all holistically, but a lot of people still want to piece and part it out. And it's just interesting that that decision-making that yeah. still happens. Yeah. yeah. And it's like we've we've had that conversation multiple times, so it doesn't surprise me every time we do, but it just, it just bothers me from like yeah. a root core perspective. You ready for rapid fire? Maybe. Okay. Well, we'll take that as a yes. We're doing it anyway. We're doing it. Yeah. This is the uh, this is the low hanging fruit. This is easy. What uh, you're into podcasts? We we know. We do. What are you listening to? I have a few go tos. I have the NPR Politics Podcast because it's like a 15 minute nonpartisan, just like here's what's happening. I listen to another political podcast called Pantsuit Politics. It's a bi-weekly show run by two women. And it's it's more partisan, but they provide a nuanced take on policy and on politics and kind of give like a little bit more like kind of in-depth review of of kind of politics and the political landscape. I listen to NPR's It's Been a Minute with Sam Sanders, which is just like a really good heartfelt. I cry at the end of every Friday episode that is like the best part of your week. And so like people write in and they say like, oh, I've either cured cancer or like I finally got to hug my grandma. So literally every Friday, I'm just like bawling. That I'm a crier. Yeah. Last Culturistas with Bo and Yang and Matt Rogers. So that's like a newish one that I've gotten into. Just like it's two friends just kind of like shooting the shit for a couple hours. And it's just like really lighthearted and it's a different perspective. And it's just like, it's just fun. And then I heard about this one through Las Culturitas. It's called Why Don't You Date Me with Nicole Byer. So she is a comedian and has just like different guests on her show. And just again, kind of like two people just hanging out and talking and like lighthearted and fun. And, you know, she's a comedian. And so it's like, I know it's just fun. So I have Mm -hmm. like my political brain, like, you know, learning and then just like my fun, let loose kind of that side. Yeah. All right. Three words that Kaylin would use to describe you. I asked her. Yeah. I'm an adult. Oh. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Sometimes I am smart and I am the best mommy in the world. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> One thing you learned during stay at home. I learned that I, this is not so rapid fire, but I learned that I cannot hide my kids and the fact that I'm a mom and I don't have to be ashamed of that identity and I can still be really good at my job and really care about the work that I do while still being a mom. Yeah. And people give you grace, I think. I think mm-hmm. that's that, that's probably one of the best things of the pandemic is the dogs, kids, 
FedEx, Amazon deliveries. Like, oh, you know, it's just life at home and pajamas and slippers. I mean, we're yeah. people, at the end of the day, we're people, right? Yeah. That do things and we're just some days trying to get through it, but we're still yeah. people at the end of the day. I feel yeah. like I feel like a lot of working folks learned that lesson in the last year. Is that yeah. you know, is that we could just we can kind of just scale it back a notch. Just right. and it will be a year next week. Oh, we got the okay. first case in Colorado on like the twelfth of March. Mm-hmm. Wow! Right in the thirteenth. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Favorite date night. It used to be going to dinner, but now I like date days. So we like to just kind of go out in the middle of the afternoon, go outside, sit at a brewery, me and my husband, and just like hang out. Okay. So, and then, you know, yeah. Nice. One thing about yourself that we may not know. So when I was young, I had some adventures through musical stylings, but I went through a period in high school where my favorite band was the band Korn. So I would go to kind of like metal shows, like <laughs> rock music, be on the floor in mosh pits, nice front row of the bar, like getting pushed when I was like 15, 16. Huh. So I had like a little kind of like rock mosh pit phase, which I don't know that many people know about me in this like arena of my life. Did what you have happened? a mullet or any of that? No. <laughs> no. Got black hair, no no goth look. Okay. Uh, I, okay. I bordered on that. but at Any the hospital end, visits? Dark no black hospital eyeliner. Visits, but I would have... Well, I still rock with black eyeliner. I mean, come on. But I did have like bruises on my arms from like being pushed on the bar. Every once in a while, you would have like the nice guy put his arms around you to like brace himself. So you had like a little room. Like, right. oh yeah, Monkey sang to me one day. I almost got his guitar, like his pick. Yeah, it was. I hadn't even heard of this band, Corn. <laughs> They're still around. All right, I'll Google it. I run right. it down. Favorite movie? Major League. Hands okay. down. About the Cleveland wow. Indians from like the 80s. Excellent. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking about that uh, just last week. Were you actually. really? Yeah, just here at home, Maya and I. Coffee or tea? Coffee. And how do you take it? Yeah. With one brown, one white sugar cube, a little bit of vanilla creamer, and skim milk. And all day. Okay. And, and all coffee, day. All day. All day. Do you really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. How many cups has that been for you? I don't know because I just am on repeat of like topping it off. Um, and then we'll like microwave it as like my husband likes to make fun of me. So I drink coffee till like four in the afternoon. We'll drink some water. And then like, depend on, depending on how late I have to work, drink some more coffee. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up. Meredith, thank you. Thank you, Alex. Boss lady, thank you. Thank you, Alex. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. This is Alex Corjan, and we appreciate you tuning in to the podcast. This podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended, nor should it be relied upon as legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice. You should consult with a competent professional to discuss specifics of your situation and the applicability of the information presented. 